Kahawai Kaans, you Dapu, woman of the way. You was from Jinling and worked as a donut maker. She used to visit Lung Ye Huejue, the Zen master, and ask him questions along with everyone else. The Zen master gave her Lin Chi saying about the true person of no rank, and she kept it with her while she worked. One day she heard a beggar singing the song, Delights of the Lotus Flowers. <clears throat> if you haven't heard the song of the story of Yang Yi, how could you come to find Lake Tung Ting? Hearing this, she was greatly enlightened. She threw the donut pan onto the ground. Her husband glared at her and said, Are you crazy? She said, This is not your realm. She went to see Lang Ye. Lang Ye, seeing her from a distance, knew she had attained realisation. He asked her, What is a true person of no rank? She immediately said, There's someone of no rank with six arms and three heads, working furiously, smashing Flower Mountain into two with one blow. For 10,000 years, the flowing water doesn't know the spring. Henceforth, she became famous. Please sit comfortably. Tonight's story uh, comes from uh, a collection of ka women's kaans uh, called the Kahawai Kaans. And, uh, which were compiled back in the 80s by students, women students of, of Robert Aiken, including uh, Deborah Hopkins and Susan Murcott, Ian Kira and Teresa Vast. Uh, Thomas Cleary was also involved in sending koans through, koans uh, involving women, and uh, the collection... Um, was put together uh, by the women. Uh, some of it was published in Kahawai magazine, which ran for a time. Uh, essays by women in Zen. I'm a proud owner of, of the original typescript of uh, the Khans. Uh, not the one original, but um, at least a copy of that uh, typescript, which was sent to me by Michael Kieran. Uh, one of my students, women's students, is involved in enlarging that question, uh, that collection of women's cards, uh, adding to it. So it continues probably some 35, 40 years on to, to grow. The kahawai is beautiful Hawaiian word which means little stream that moves boulders. Um, I love that. And uh, it's very much the spirit of the, the work. Um, uh, there are many, many fine cards, I, and I have uh, worked with these cards, both with women's students and with men's students over many years now, and found them inspiring uh, to work with. Tonight we meet um, Yu Dapo and learn how she realised her true nature as a young woman. 
As a woman and as a lay person, she would have been up against it. Centuries of misogyny have erased the records of many enlightened women, and the remaining stories are often fragmentary. Uh, it's great to have the Kahawai Khan collection, and more recently, the Hidden Lamp, uh, stories from 25 centuries of awakened women, uh, edited by Florence Kuplow and Susan Moon, um, that Cathy uh, spoke of today in her talk. In terms of our protagonist for tonight's case, her name was Yu, and she lived in 12th century China. We don't know the dates of her birth and death. Uh, she made donuts, working with her husband uh, to sell them in their hometown of Jiangshan. Throughout this talk I say, you did this, you did that, and you have to take it personally. <laughs> um, all Taishos are for you personally. Uh, although the occasion is public, uh, it's personal uh, to you. So, Yu was fortunate to live near the Zen teacher Lang Ye Huijue. Uh, he was in the Lin Chi line of succession, some six generations down from the founding teacher Lin Chi Yisuan, with his contemporary Suedo Chongxian, who compiled the hundred kaons of the majestic kaon collection, the Blue Cliff Record. Um, their teachings were called the Two Gates of Sweet Dew. There's something uh, humorous and very light about Langye's teaching style. Um, a monk asked Langye, what is Buddha? Langye said, copperhead, iron forehead. The monk said, what does that mean? Langye said, bird beak, fish gills. The story goes that Yu used to visit Lang Ye Huijue, the local Zen master, and ask him questions along with everyone else. Lang Ye gave her Lin Chi saying about the true person of no rank. Uh, he took her seriously, this woman of no rank. The koan he gave her is Lin Chi addressed his assembly and said, There is one true person of no rank that is coming and going from the faces of each of you. If you beginners have not yet met that one, look, look. A true person of no rank. You know, in terms of, at this stage of session, it makes all the sense in the world to talk of no rank. You know, all this tends to fall away um, as you sit uh, sushin. Those um, social gradations, professional gradations, um, uh, become remote. Also in terms of attainment on the way. I think sushin in a way uh, brings us into that place of the deepest equality. You know, 
I mean, simple statements like, we are all enlightened from the beginning. Uh, sometimes that appears suddenly in an experience. Um, uh, other times it is like dawn and the sun lighting up the hill, uh, picking out now a stone, now a branch on a tree, uh, now a slope of grass. Um, insensibly, um, this becomes more and more evident without you having to wish it, without you having to will it or do anything. Just sit and it begins to uh, appear. So session brings out that, that deep equality. You know, ranks suggests uh, Dongshan's five ranks, but the five ranks are, are not a hierarchy in spite of the name um, in themselves. They are, each one is one aspect, if you will, of the Buddha's enlightenment complete. Right. So it's, it's not a haku and treated that that's a kind of ladder, um, but actually uh, each of these is just itself. So this is the koan that Lang Ye gave to you. You kept the koan with her while she worked. Day and night she kept digging into it. Carrying your koan throughout the day and using the circumstances of your day to return to it are so important. And session is a wonderful opportunity. Uh, it's, the, it's the prize opportunity to do just that. Um, yeah. Use this precious time. Uh, feeling distracted? Uh, let go. Open to what is there. Uh, feeling tired? Uh, use that modicum of consciousness that you have to return to your calm. Use the precious time that we have. One day you heard a beggar singing the song Delights of the Lotus Flowers. If you haven't heard the song of the story of Yang Yi, how could you come to find Lake Tung Ting? Yang Yi was a civil, civil official during the Tang Dynasty who, according to legend, married the daughter of the spirit of Lake Tung Ting, which is a very large um, celebrated lake in China, and he became an immortal. Um, but the, this background doesn't really matter. One day she heard a beggar singing the song, Delights of the Lotus Flowers. If you haven't heard the song of the story of Yang Yi, how could you come to find Lake Tung Ding? Ba-dum, 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 Yeah, she was greatly enlightened. What did she realize? <laughs> it's not so, not so, it's not arcane. <laughs> not arcane. Yeah. 
She was greatly enlightened. She threw the doughnut pan onto the ground. Her husband glared at her and said, Are you crazy? <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, upending all of that Confucian hierarchy uh, right on the spot. Rep- appearing, no doubt, as a rebellious wife, as it would have seemed to him. You said to him, This is not your realm. And indeed, at least at that moment, it surely wasn't his realm. So, of course, she went to see uh, Lang Ye. You know, to talk about uh, the, the deep misogyny of the Zen tradition, and it's true, but Lang Ye seems to have been um, quite gentle uh, person and uh, had lots of lay students. And, um, yeah, um, and she became his only successor. Um, she made the decision to uh, remain as a lay person. Um, and, but uh, she was his sole successor and uh, oh, she caused so much trouble for, for young monks um, with her devastating uh, insight <laughs> so she went to see Lang Yei Lang Yei seeing her from a distance knew that she had attained realisation you just know. It's beyond explanation. It's like sitting with the student in the same meadow among flowers and there is no joy like it. He asked her, what is a true person of no rank? She immediately said, there's someone of no rank with six arms and three heads working furiously, smashing flower mountain into two with one blow. For 10,000 years, the flowing water doesn't know the spring. That is indescribably powerful and beautiful and profound. For 10,000 years, the flowing water doesn't know the spring. So there's someone of no rank with six arms and three heads working furiously. Uh, smashing flower mountain into two with one blow. In Buddhist cosmology, there are six realms in ascending order. Now, here's a hierarchy. Um, uh, Suffering devil realm, hungry ghost realm, human realm, asura realm, deva realm, heavenly realm. Uh, Deva, heavenly realm. She describes herself as an asura, which is to say a titan, demigod, or anti-god. Whether they are heavenly realms or hell realms, the six realms are each and all aspects of samsara, uh, the conditioned existence where we are subject to karma and which we suffer and in terms of the tradition are reborn. While all the gods are subject to the passions to some degree, the Asuras above all are addicted to them, especially wrath, pride, envy, insincerity, falseness, boasting and bellicosity. They sound like the Greek gods, actually. 
The state of an asura reflects the mental state of a human being obsessed by ego, force and violence, always looking for an excuse to get into a fight, angry with everyone and unable to maintain calm or solve problems peacefully. <laughs> so with realisation, this is the realm that she inhabits. Um, in all its, its fury and darkness and wildness, this is so counterintuitive to, you know, against the background of, well, yeah, powerful awakening, sure, but, um, you know, sort of a measure of serenity or, a, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it's wild and, and wonderful. Yeah, the true person of no rank is vast beyond reckoning and she comes forth with such huge energy in the world. No subservience here, beating donut batter with a whisk, cutting flower mountain in two at a single stroke. Uh, flower mountain, that's Huashan, with its five peaks, is a wild and dangerous place even now. Traditionally, Flower Mountain provided retreat for hardy Taoist or Buddhist hermits. Taoists believed that the god of the underworld lives in Flower Mountain. Unlike Taishan, Mount Tai, which became a popular place of pilgrimage, Hua Shan, because of, its, of the inaccessibility of its summits, didn't attract many pilgrims. A forbidding presence a forbidding place. Regarding Mount Tai, another woman teacher uh, who lived in the vicinity, who, when she was asked by travelling monks what is the way to Mount Tai, used to say, go straight ahead. Uh, the monk would then walk on into the mist. Then he, she would say, another good monk and he too goes off like that. Yeah. So what were those monks missing? What is the way to Mount Tai? Oh, go straight ahead. Henceforth, uh, she became famous. Here she is as a Zen granny, an enlightened old woman who challenged monks and even teachers testing their realisation. Monks were often all at sea, uh, having left home to become monastics and being suddenly confronted by their mothers and grandmothers all over again. <laughs> And what's more, uh, by women in possession of a deep insight into the nature of reality. And not bound by monastic form or formality. Uh, they were formidable, these old women. Often playing with the dynamic of mother to child. 
Whenever a monk came to her place, you would say, Boy! Boy! And if the monk hesitated, she shut the door. We all know how that works and how... <laughs> what? What do you mean? Where's your respect? Oh, don't batten! <laughs> yes. The day one Wu began to teach in her hometown, began to teach in her hometown, Just as he approached the teaching seat, Yu bounded forth from the assembly, gave him a nudge with her body, and then went back into the crowd. Wan Wu said, When you see the strange as not strange, the strangeness disappears of itself. The next day Wan Wu went to her house. She didn't come out, but shouted, you yellow-mouthed little boy, and you call yourself a teacher? Wan Wu said, Don't brag so much, lady. I've recognised you. Yeah. She then laughed and came out to meet him. Yeah. True meeting is the core of sin. I mean, this is person to person here. But here on Sushin, uh, what is true meeting? It's sometimes expressed when you look in the, the face of another, you see your own. There are myriad uh, encounters of true meeting throughout the day as you walk here through here. Yellow of wattle, grey of sky, a cloud, the yellow of bankshire, the red of bottle brush, the exquisite meals. Ah, now there's true meeting. <laughs> you want to know about samadhi? What about the samadhi of deep eating? <laughs> You disappear entirely. Where do you go? Where do we go? <laughs> yeah. It's completely engulfed. The wonderful thing about these old stories, one of the wonderful things is that uh, this, she lived in the 12th century, in the 1100s, I don't know, that's you know, a thousand years ago, and yet there feels like there is no time barrier uh, at all. Um, you know, there may be translational difficulties and there are cultural uh, differences, surely. But in terms of the core of this, um, there is no time barrier uh, at all. Mm. 
you know, there is a koan, uh, what is the source of this one? What is the source of Mu? What is the source of the one who hears? Um, what is our source? Yeah, and where do we arise from? For 10,000 years, the flowing water doesn't know the spring. 